out to be a completely unreliable asshole. Good morning, Tim. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Are you? Yeah, good. Are you? Mmm... I'm still a little weirded out. Oh, by the film we watched? Yeah. The film for what? For our podcast? For our podcast, <laughs> Dismembering Horror. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 48. Whoa. Oh, right? Uh, Tim just said, whoa. Sorry, I cut you off. That was an official whoa from Tim. Damn, regarding we have reached episode 48 of this here podcast show, Dismembering Horror. The podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Haslin. We talk about what worked, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy of a horror film, a.k.a. we dismember it. Mm. And how do we choose our horror films, Tim? What are we looking well, for? It depends. But usually we just pull from a list that we compiled from other lists <laughs> <laughs> of like good horror films or like obscure horror films or like things that people wanted uh, us to see that they re recommended. That's our favorite when you tell yeah. us what to see. And that doesn't mean it's got to be all obscure. No. Though that's been that often what people want to hear dismembered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then sometimes we just go to a movie. Yeah. Got to stay up on the ones that interest us. And so I think this was maybe one of the most hyped, anticipated. It was pretty hyped, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, amongst us. And then I think among people mm. like us, which were a lot. Mm -hmm. People who enjoyed Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we haven't guessed it, I don't think we've said it. We're talking about Midsommar today. Yep, an Ari Aster joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, should we get into any any other business to wrap up? Before we, we watched Audition last time, Poltergeist mm, 2 before that. No, we've had a run though. Yeah. I think I've liked pretty much everything we've watched for the last like five. Well, let's see if the hat that we pull our next film from, <gasps> The Gods of the Hat, deem it so that's right maybe we should do some uh ritualistic sacrifices in order to appease the hat gods we can do that <laughs> in order to get a good next movie <laughs> it's gonna be goosebumps oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's the one i'm looking forward to tim's dreading fair enough <laughs> i mean i just feel like it's homework because then i have to like figure out what it's all about of Goosebumps, the yeah. movie, which is... I have no context. Makes me that much more excited to do it. <laughs> Tim's brain trying to figure out what fuck the fuck is this? Do I have to go read books? Uh, anyways, we'll talk about Goosebumps <laughs> when we talk about Goosebumps. Today we're here to talk about Midsommar. Let's watch the trailer. Okay. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. 
You know what she's been going through. Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. School. What time is it? Good trailer. Yes. Effective music. That's the movie. Yeah. I know I've I'd only heard it. I'm just one of those crazy people. Not crazy people. We've 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 ragged on how trailers just give away everything these days, but I'll close Seriously. my eyes now. You and Max. Max is a I he's like I get to he said he there's like a point in every trailer where he's like, Okay, now it's time to close my eyes. That's when in, as soon as I realize what movie it is and if it's one I wanna see. <laughs> um Oh man. So next we talk about how we'd rate it. So speaking of which, Tim, um, and speaking of how watching a trailer affects our viewing of it and how I avoid it. I'm a very sensitive movie goer, I realize. And mm. um Oh. So sensitive. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> you can open up. Well, I am, Tim. <laughs> at the at the risk of totally embarrassing you, too. Oh good. I can't uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but this was in trying to rate this movie is really hard for me because I'm like, I think it was for me kind of how I felt about Mad Max Fury Road, where upon the first two times I saw it, I was only able to love it in theory. I'm like, I loved everything that's happening right now, but it was only from this like intellectual standpoint mm -hmm. of not being able to fully engage with the film. Mm. I was not being affected by it the way that you want, except for kind of maybe sparsely. And not until the third time when I saw Mad Max Fury Road with just me and another person, um, black and chrome edition. Sure. Was excellent. The special effects, the packed theater, all the things that were preventing me mm. from getting into mm -hmm. the first time finally went away. So, I mean, it was I was in my head a lot, and I think movies like this where you're so... There's so much expectation... I do that a lot too. And like, I've said this a lot too, where, um, movies that are movies where I end up loving them. It's, I don't know it the first time where sure. it's not there at all the first time, but where I said at the risk of embarrassing you, I have to say, uh, which I loved as reactionary as you were during this and as into the movie as you were, it took you out, but it definitely kept me at odds a bit <laughs> from being able to get into it. I was wound up. Tip was really wound up guys. It Every... was like, I just, I had this, I don't know how to explain it. I just constantly was like, Oh fuck. Out oh, loud. No, here we go. Say, and I was like, Oh man. I was like chuckling to myself a lot. Cause I was like, this is going to get bad. And I was like, Shit. Oh, right. No. That was essentially <laughs> no. it. But there was, I mean, some of it was just that I actually because of how like the impending doom and the the fact that the characters are kind of mm, almost uh, they're oblivious in a certain way mm -hmm. it made it worse for me where i was like in a way that like a slasher you kind of are like why are you going over there don't go over there and then yeah. you kind of are amused by it i was in that place well i so sorry if I uh, distracted you. And that was obvious coming because off, coming off of specific uh, me bitching about that dude. <laughs> your specific reactions would uh, support exactly what you said because they are all in line of like, oh man, oh fuck, <laughs> here we go, all that stuff. Yeah, it was but a lot. you had a, 
And it's also, this is like, this is less specific to you, but I think one thing I really like about this film and films like it are ones where the reactions one has aren't, they aren't supposed to be one way or the other. Where like a perfectly appropriate reaction mm, is to mm-hmm. laugh or be horrified sure. or be intrigued or some sort of mix therein. But like, I'm someone who I don't, the only things I think are weird in yeah, period are thinking things are weird is thinking things are weird. If that makes sense. Like if, <laughs> sure. if something inexplicable or I haven't seen before or quote unquote odd, weird happens, my reaction is like interest or I, or I get, I don't have that initial kind of shock usually mm-hmm. of like, what is this? Which I know is totally normal. And most people have. Sure. But so for me, it's like, I'm already in the mode of, I don't know. It's being effective as a horror movie, this horror movie. Sorry, I'm tr- now I'm trying to, like, this is supposed to be the rating section. How do I? <laughs> well, I'll just say one other thing, like, to, to give you a sense of where I was at. I had, I just was having a, a couple days of, like, everything seemed like it was amplified around me. Yeah. In life, like, other people's lives and, like, just my, like, things that I'm, like, working on or, or people I'm working with or friends or whatever. And so I felt like I was turned up already. <laughs> yeah. And then I got to this point because this movie, I was like, this is like, I mean, I watched Hereditary. I remember <laughs> I like I know it, it's not going to fucking like be nice. It's not going to end in a picnic. So I had this feeling of like if if we had been in my place watching it, I probably would have been standing up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I kept like rubbing my face where I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, just this dread. And, like, you know, like, sometimes when you you laugh when you shouldn't be laughing, like, like nervous laughter, that's what it was a lot of the right. time. I was like, oh, and no, like I go, shit. I think of movies almost like you're going to another place in a... In a sort of, you know, dimensional, to reference this film, psychedelic sense. Sure. Of where, like, I love... It's funny because, as I said, I appreciate that with you. And if we were going on some sort of intergalactic, interdimensional adventure together and looking at Wait, inexplicable things, I would... Aren't we? Yes. <laughs> I would... I would... Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if I'm thinking of it in those terms, I want someone around whose reaction is laughter. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, mine is kind dude, of detached you, observation. Did you hear the guy? There was a guy in the theater at a certain point that we'll get to who actually stood up and was like, fuck this movie and walked out of the theater. Whoa. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was cool. like, oh, shit. Awesome. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> That's like the best reaction you could ask for for making I a mean, film really, like this. Right. Okay. So, so I would. So, okay. So this is, again, got to give it a solid rent it, but it could easily grow into a buy it over time for its um, uniqueness in doing something kind of fresh and uniqueness in tone. And um, I don't know any, I feel like any sort of critiques that people have been having about length or blah, 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 or so, I don't know that yeah. that stuff is all like, I don't even know whether I agree with it or not. It's just so not what I even care about in movies. <laughs> sure. Guess. So, yeah, I, I think I liked it. Honestly, as far as flavor wise, it appealed to me maybe a little more than hereditary. 
Like Hereditary, just mm. as a horror film, I think, you know, as kind of like a under two hours, I think is Hereditary under two hours? I don't know. But it's, it's just as a solid horror film, I don't know, it's more effective or whatever. But this, I think because it has sort of greater aspirations, maybe, it it just intrigues me all that much more. Hmm. I'm... I mean, I feel similarly to you, although I think tonally and even visually um, hereditary is kind of more in a lane that I like. Yeah. Um, but similar to hereditary, I, I just don't know how much I want to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Like I left hereditary being like, I'm probably not going to watch that for a while. I watched it about... Honestly, I think I watched it like six months later. But but then when I think I'm like, it's not a movie I'm going to be like, ooh, you know what would be fun to watch right now? <laughs> it's like, it's just not. And neither is this. So I'm like, that's what kind of keeps me from saying it's a buy. Yeah. But do I think it's worth or worthy of buying? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little like, I don't know. I'm not sure where that means I land. I might, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be in like 10 years when Aster has like six films under his belt. And if they're all kind of in this level of fuck, what the hell? <laughs> and I'm a, and like, wow, that's, that's crazy. I might be like, you need to have all of these. Yeah. Um, but so far, I don't think I would be a buy for hereditary either. I'm a 100% rent. So I think for this, I, I'm I'm same hundred percent. Yeah, rent. it's hard. Where I think we're kind of where you're saying where it's like good enough to buy, but it, I would but still for rent me. It. Yeah, <laughs> like do I want this to rewatch often? Right. Mm, no. It's, but but yeah. actually, to one sort of caveat, I would say to 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 look at from a filmmaking perspective, yeah, there's a lot going on god i would buy this over yeah exactly i was really i think there is a spell going on in this movie that i definitely fell into hereditary is two hours seven minutes got it yeah my friend who's a listener of the show kind of became obsessed with hereditary and was someone who like watched it a bunch you know, kind of thing. I and that's less because, but I, I there's guess shit I, to pick apart. I bring that up to say it's less like, oh, I, I, <laughs> it's not like a happy place to go to, but no. it's a, it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's, I enjoy this experience yeah. for other reasons, you know? Well, it, it, it's sort of, to me, it's starting to beg the question with this particular filmmaker. And I think there are a, a handful of other people out there or from the past that, that have the same thing going on. The way that they're making the movie and telling the story is seemingly so complex, like there's so much going on. But I think we, as the sort of intellectual, you know, analyzers of the movie, are giving it even more meaning than it would necessarily was intended. Like, I don't know that for sure, but it gives me that feeling of like, you know, when you're in 
ninth grade or something like that and you're in English class and the teacher is saying this story is about this, 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 and this and here are the themes and they're like breaking it down. And I'm, I remember just having that thought of like, but is it? I think it's just... A good... And is that the intention of the author? Well, I think if a movie explores conflicts interestingly then it's just inherently there by the conflicts being there because you have right. a dissolving relationship foreigners western foreigners interest foreigners interest in you know an older yeah who's a foreigner to us ritual well let's let's call this the summary <laughs> yes since we're both rents all right rents borderlines i need to see, i really need to see it again me too uh but not soon to know I know. I want to see it again. If it's in Dude, theaters, I had though. fucking the most fucked up dreams. <laughs> really? I had like a really fucking bad, not bad, but like tumultuous night That's after watching interesting it. because a lot of sort of their rituals and things in the film and also based off of real life, the, some of the real life influences are these ideas of putting things under your pillow or doing yada mm -hmm. yada to mm -hmm. affect your dreams. <sighs> well, it fucked me up. <laughs> All right, next section officially, yeah, summary. So we got not so happy couple, Danny and Christian, who seems like they're about to break up, but Danny goes through a horrible tragedy, losing where her sister uh, kills herself and their parents. And so mm -hmm. Christian's like, you know, maybe not the best time to break up with her anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, or at Never least bring a good it up. Situation right. For anybody. <laughs> Or at least bring it up, their conflict. Right. So he's there. And then amongst, because of all that, says, brings her along, sort of ob obligatorily invites her to what's was going to be him and his buds going to Sweden. The anthropology crew. Yeah. They're anthropology, uh, grad students studying mm -hmm. anthropology. Um, and then what happens to him? Well, <laughs> this midsummer festival sort of traditional festival thing which only in this particular group is it peli or pel it's pele but pele or yeah i think it's pele pele, pele. let's say pele. pele um i actually knew a dude from norway with that name but new <laughs> i don't know where he is now <laughs> i have some guesses after this film no <laughs> um so they go to this the reason they are going is because this festival only happens every 90 years and it's it's on a commune essentially like a pretty hidden swedish commune that is just not well known it's not a known entity and so that you know the anthropology guys who are all trying to figure out what they're what do you call it? Their um, thesis. Yeah, their thesis is going to be like one of them is doing it on this sort of era of of traditional Josh, ceremony right? things. Josh, yeah. yeah. And then um, Christian, the 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 boyfriend of Danny, he doesn't know what he's going to do, and so they're all kind of going because they think this will be an inch at, at at the very least. Their buddy, is, who's also anthropology, or is he anthropology or is he just a artist? Oh, the Mark, the silly one? No, no, Mark definitely is anthropology. Oh, Pel, yeah. Pele Pele. or whatever is, it was unclear to me if he was part of the anthropology thing or he's just their buddy. Doesn't matter. He invites them to this thing and, uh, you know, for that reason, because they all think it'll be a, a wild thing. And he's excited to share this tradition of his family, essentially, with his friends. 
Well, yes, in in ways that in all of the ways <laughs> we come to learn are more than they expect. So really, once they get there, the big sort of thing is is bridging the gap between them as the outsiders getting on board with how the insiders view this traditionalism. Yep. And whether or not it's they can bridge that gap because from the outside perspective, they're like, whoa, this is weird and different. And, well, then, things, it, and then it gets very intense. Things get very intense with the first one, which is a, a, a ritual where the two elders at 72 years old jump off a cliff, killing themselves. And yeah. it's just part of this thing that they do. And then um, becomes a sort of uh, psychedelic infused daytime spiraling hell of we have uh, Danny and Christian sort of splitting up more and more the sort mm -hmm. of the, the villagers the cultist pulling them apart and then the sort of all the other outsiders one by one are starting to disappear yep <laughs> and we see their fate uh, yeah. after the second half yeah you know and which kind of puts it into basically a typical kind of slashery style where yeah. it's like people are just getting picked off and it's like but well what else is it gonna be <laughs> right no it, yeah um so i think that's good that's good yeah i think the only other thing is that danny gets kind of led through circumstance or maybe not yeah well she's to, the to most become, reluctant one of course right, and... to become the may queen and she she is Become the May Queen. Yeah, she's definitely, for the most part, it's her story. But, like, we leave her a bunch of times. But we're seeing a lot of this through her eyes in the sort of, like, the psychedelic-induced states. Are... She's definitely the one that's easiest to sympathize with for many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's what Tim and I made of this film, summary-wise. <laughs> now, time to hear what he and I, oh so subjectively, thought. <laughs> worked about it. Can we do what worked? Probably. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> it worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? I mentioned, you know, generally all the things that I think I could have been totally into. I just wasn't wasn't feeling it. But there was one moment that fully affected me. When he that, ate the pube? That worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that worked for me, Tim. I bet it did. It, uh, it was the upside down driving shot at the beginning. Mm, mm -hmm. that, that visual effect was just so affecting to me of the... It felt like, you know, when it's cool if you're swimming underwater to swim yeah. upside down and it's like, oh, the world's upside yeah. down all of a sudden. So having that road travel above you and then the sort of like roller coaster nausea inducing of mm -hmm. the flip itself and then the return, like it was just doing everything it was supposed to for me. I loved it. Yeah, I really liked that too. And it it did a thing that use that shots, you know, a shot that you see. Um, it's sort of the where we're right side up and as the car passes you flip upside down but almost always when you see it it's over like once the car passes that's right. it. it just i feel ends. like i only see it kind of in a sort of more actiony 
car drives. Yeah, by. no, that's kind true. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, man, just staying with it and then f- moving down the road upside down for that long, like it completely shifted sort of your brain of how you like the shape of what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Like it became this this kind of tunnel of the trees and the sky being like the the downside. Yeah. Which was really cool and freaky and just disorienting. And I think yeah. that's like, it's also thematically speaking, the specifically like a lot of the um, screenwriting books will talk about like when you break into act two, you are in the upside down world. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, he's literally just doing <laughs> that thing. He's just like, visually, what does that look like? Right. That's it. Well, it was just, it's smart to contrast that too with them getting in the fields the first time and having what I think we were feeling which is this is pretty if we're all you know mm-hmm. despite we know it's impending doom it's like oh yeah beautiful Swedish fields or whatever right. here we are yeah and kind of like yeah the effect of the disorientation like you know I always think of your quote during our Calvair episode where you're like pigs are dogs dogs are pigs <laughs> up is down down is up you know sure up is down down is up yeah it's very, it's very important I think to do that and horror yeah, I mean this. So just to, I guess, preface this section, I don't think that I can really. There's so much that I think you can pull apart in this movie that it's gonna be. It would be like five hours of us talking about it. Well, so <laughs> I know that ain't happening. Let's see. Let's uh, well, let's so, get through what we can. We have let's, a list. I want to start at the beginning. The okay. beginning. The beginning. Because the beginning almost to me in a way is is like Ari Aster saying, here's here's hereditary. I'm going to give you like almost a coda sort of feeling like, yes, that's what I did in the last movie with the death of the parents in the opening. Um, and that sequence up leading up to Danny finding out and like mourning and well, screaming that all felt like hereditary I think to me. immediately visually yeah that's what I mean yeah, Visu- yeah. visually and well and contextually in the sort of yeah, g- no, the grief shit the parents yeah totally and then the movie sw- sort of switches over to we're not going to do that like we're, that we're in a different movie and that I don't know if how intentional that was, but it that's the vibe I got. I and I like liked that it was sort of right. like here's here's the here's the real world, quote unquote, whether or not you want a world. Right. But whether or not you want to make a connection to how he depicted a world, it's like his world, Ari Aster's version of uh, view of a real world. And they're s- similar to hereditary in tone and all those things whatever and then moving into the new world of the trip and like i really like that you get this sort of first act in this tone and then you're once you leave it once they go to sweden the movie looks so fucking different and so bright and cool and i think that's important right to emphasize the fact that the sun barely goes down there, that it is this time of year, that we are in this other world, essentially. So all of that to me was really working just thematically and visually of like, we're going from this place to this place and it's different. Well, okay. Two things I want to say about that. First is like, if you're talking about with the world hereditary is in and a big part of that is uh, it 
it's a dollhouse within a dollhouse, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a reality or it's not, it's up in the air. It's a story, but it's not, it's the characters realistic, but it's all, you know, just all that right, again, right. not being on, on steady ground. Mm-hmm. And I think he did that and maybe sort of less, you know, the, the shots less sort of obvious or awe worthy, but just as simple and subtle as, um, the, the, you're like, we're looking at the stage, it was like a, a stage play, how the film starts, mm-hmm. where it's like we see the pictures, the drawings, that, and that opens up. So, I love. So that's very much is like, here's now a story being told kind of feel. And Did you, were you able to take in much of what was drawn on that? Oh my God, that's actually, you just reminded me, that that's, was the second thing in the movie that actually really affected me, was the, the sun in the top right had this sinister face. So you had on the top left, like what maybe should have been a scary kind of skull moon type thing. Mm-hmm. And then the yin yang effect, the sun just had this creepy, creepy face. So oh my God, I'm pretty sure that if we had a picture of that thing, that thing tells the story. Yeah. Right. In like you're saying in the upper left where the, the skull sort of moon thing is, that's act one. Yeah. And underneath it, I, if I remember right, there's sort of a almost like a, a Grim Reaper-ish type character. And then there's water. And then there are three people in the water with tubes coming out of their mouths like they're drowning. Mm-hmm. Those clearly are the are Danny's parents and the, the sister who have asphyxiated. Asphy- right. So, so, so to sort of like when we talked about in... I mean, this is gone tangents here, but quite on how we talked about the very specific yeah. feel by having the old paintings mm-hmm. and telling the story of this tragedy or by being the means to tell the to- story of a tragedy somehow made the association feel realer or have more gravitas in mm-hmm. a way, like in a sort of inversely effective way. Yeah. Um, I think that was going on here too. Yeah. And um, sorry, what was it? So, well, I was just thinking, you know, had you, if you now knowing the movie, you go back and you look at that painting or whatever right. it is, I guess it's like knitted or quilted right. or whatever. Um, you would go, oh, right. That's this. This is that. This well, is that. I and think... you would, you would see it, but you, I don't think visually right. looking at it before you've seen the movie, you would get any, you wouldn't, I only remember the people underwater because I happened to. Because the next thing that yeah. happens is that. And well, I go, oh, right. It's being effective too for being on that where does it start where does it begin meta level the meta meta level mm-hmm. of if in the movie we're seeing shots of um these uh paintings i don't know what do we call those that we keep referring to the same thing drawings, drawings. like old so drawings. drawings yeah we see the drawings of like you know the uh, i loved it seeing the drawings of um the the pube love ritual right and then that right. plays out yeah. so it's like that is happening within the movie and is also love ritual (laughs) but but you see what (laughs) so the drawings are used as a device within the film and they're also used as a device for framing the film itself yeah so that's that cool uh, yeah i mean level it's just all around the way that this is constructed in that it's sort of obviously they did research into traditional things in in sweden or scandinavian Mm -hmm. culture and they then we're like okay how do we make this or even things that exist for example the i'm sort of jumping ahead well i'm very much jumping ahead the death of the british couple 
when we see the I can't remember his name when we see the guy in the chicken coop and he's he's hung up prone um, and his back is flayed open and his lungs are out Simon that's an actual thing that was an actual torture ritual from like I, I guess pre I don't know fucking I mean I was gonna get into all this all the things of note the what are the real influences and not, you know? Sure. But I guess this is just to say that, like, clearly they did their fucking homework and research and are pulling th- real things. And then, you know, I'm sure there's that to me helps the movie so much in kind of being like, it's not just some fantasy land. It's not just some made up thing. It's like all of this stuff is very close, if not literally, things that happened in right. Well, it's like human in, reality. In order to take us to a next level, it's you're combining everything that does exist to take us to something yeah. that doesn't. And so, I think that makes it fucking scary, right? Um, so when you a while ago said this, you you gave your your spiel on the beginning of the movie, the first act, mm. and I said I wanted to say two things in responses to that. Talked about the first thing. Second thing is you kind of mentioned like, well, where, you know, it's hereditary into this next movie stylistically. I think that that turn happens at a very distinct point and only further supports the idea that this is potentially like a story within a story or not real on some other level or that this is still like Hmm. a story. Can I guess what it is? Yeah, you know. Do I? Is it the door slam into the plane? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That shot is amazing. Overhead shot into the, from the apartment, same set, you know, overhead. And all of a sudden we're into the apartment or the uh, apartment bathroom entering to plane bathroom. Yeah. In it all was the same shot. Yeah. It's a really effective and like, it, I don't know. But there's, it lands the really, The fact that really there's well. nothing else in the movie like that, I think really highlights it. Oh, that's interesting. You're right. As, as, as if to say, um... Yeah, this is a clear sort of not quite as far as breaking the fourth wall, but sort of breaking. We're moving outside of the mode mm-hmm. of like the uh, of the reality of the film, right? You know, right. To do something with that. Yeah, it's a what's that term? You have motivated and unmotivated camera moves. Mm-hmm. It's a seemingly, I mean, I guess it's motivated because it's following her, but it's its out of reality. So yeah. it's sort of unmotivated in that sense. Um, but clearly motivated. But motivated, yeah. <laughs> it's just an interesting outside in kind of shot. And you're right. Most everything else, you know, despite the fact that there's psychedelic shit going on in effects or whatever, but most everything else is kind of like the camera's grounded in, you know, a space and a reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. One more thing about the first act. Once Christian has sort of, you can see that he's like, fuck, he's, he feels trapped and he's going along. He's sort of like, well, now that this tragedy has happened, I'm, I'm in. They almost only show him in mirrors for the next like two scenes, Hmm. which is really cool. Like he, they, Danny and him have kind of this fight and he, he's shot just in a mirror. Um, and then when they go over right before they, the cut into the plane, they go over to the other guys's apartment or whatever. And Christian is in the mirror in the, in the background the whole time, which I just, I don't really know what to 
take away from that other than it's interesting and right. cool and I'm sure there's some reason to do that. That was I didn't notice that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh specific moment therein that I really appreciated or in this this first act again was like the moment where Danny right before he enters they're all talking about her and like just getting to sit in that awkwardness of like clearly entering a room oh. and they're just talking about you. Yeah. It just kind of made me be like there's there's better ways out there, fellow humans, you know, <laughs> like, well, I mean, no, that, I, I'm not saying I have the answer. No, I'm with you, though. But, but that is this movie is really an exercise in like how to be a dick to somebody else. Like, oh, my God. That's it just is. And like, Christian, you know, the, dude, the, the like, term, the gaslighting term that is now in our um, in our lexicon is this is like just watching him gaslight her the entire fucking movie. Okay, well, that's going to kind of, you know, there's something, even if we're trying to go in order, there's some things which are throughout that I have to mention. Totally. And, or a beginning to end thing, mm -hmm. which is like, yeah, Christian, the boyfriend, he's like, yeah, total putsy gaslighting dude, right? Yeah. And, but the, here's what worked for me about that is I love like having that kind of person or character's end trajectory being an invalid in a wheel wheelbarrow and then bare skin, <laughs> you know, it's, and also someone yeah. who's this kind of like where his middle trajectory is like, you know, I'm just trying to be open-minded. This is just a, da, 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 da. you know, this to have someone like be slapped in the face, so to speak in the worst possible of ways. Yeah. I just, I, why does that warm my belly, Tim? It's horrible, but well, it's cathartic in a way. It is because we're surrounded by douchebags all the time. And sometimes we want to see them get their comeuppance. Right. Um, did you notice the painting over Danny in the first act when she's sleeping before they go over to the party? It's the bear. Is a little girl with her hand on the forehead of a bear kneeling down. Can a giant bear. That shit is... Like, can we talk about that in really brilliant art direction? Can we talk about that in things of note more? Definitely. Okay. Um, I just think even just on its surface from a visual, just somebody made that decision and that's fucking all, like, it's great. It's foreshadowing. It's all the things you want in like a deeply sort of um, thought out storytelling, like visual right. storytelling. I think it's I specific it. enough. It, more than just a little sh foreshadowing and visual. Sure. Well, That's what yeah, I want to no get shit. into. Um, <laughs> and things of note. Um, so, okay. So, okay. Here we go. Second act. <laughs> Acid. No, mushrooms. Uh, you think that's what it starts? Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. Acts. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's whatever. It's like they've arrived. Well, I thought that was so smart because like it's you, you had to have a first like voluntary psychedelic scene in order mm -hmm. for the later ones to sort of be set. We had to feel, we had to get a sense of how they were going to stylistically portray that before they actually did it. Well, cause here's the thing. Or did it again. If it were, if it, it allows anybody like myself who, who is like scared of psychedelics, like I'm, I'm just, it scares me the idea. It allowed me to go, okay, most of them are not, they don't look at it the way I do. They they're they're cool with it. They're like, yeah, let's do some mushrooms. That's fun. And Danny is the closest to the audience perspective in that group. And even she is like, 
yeah, yeah, no, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it now, right? And I'd I say think she's that... also closest to the people who maybe approach them responsibly. <laughs> yeah, probably the, because the last thing you want to do is like have this sort of be this tension of taking oh man come on no but it'll be fun we gotta yeah. come up together you know like no like if someone yeah. doesn't want to do it right and like to have her be like that clearly kind of um uh she knows trying better. to be nice lie you know of like oh no, no it's, it's fine we'll just we'll just do it no I, i'm really really i'm okay really like any that facade level you right. shouldn't be going into for this thing. It's all set and setting, baby. Yeah. Psychedelics. And that wasn't the right set to be going into because she had to run into a bathroom and hide. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, that set the stage really for me to to get on board with who they are, which then allows the rest of the behavior of all of the characters in the movie to sort of make sense that they've all kind of that they're all kind of. Uh, in the mentality of like, yeah, let's try this. Let's let it, let's mm. see where this goes kind of thing. Whereas like, if you put me, Tim, into Sweden, into that scenario, very quickly, I would have been like, something's fucking off about this whole thing. And I'm like, we need to, we need to figure out what and how to get the fuck out of here. Not this sort of singular, everybody's on their own little path thing that happens in this movie. Well, here's though what... And allows them to get picked off. Something that really worked for me was how scary Pele is when you really think about it. Dude. Because Tim, let's say you are in that situation. You've been friends, let's say good friends with this guy for a couple years. Like, let's say you are worried, concerned, but you have a good friend of yours mm -hmm. assuring your worries away. Would you still be like, I, let's figure I it out? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Because that, would, that would force you to then go to someone else and say, hey, I think we shouldn't trust our friend. Right. No, it's a... That's, I think, what makes the trajectory of the story so effective is because it is like, fuck what would you do? And I understand why they're going in the way they're like, their, their point of view makes sense. And what's they're getting right. reassurances from elders who you're sort of like inherently supposed to respect, even though you just saw some crazy shit. And then even that, like that argument of the, the two Brits, um, when, when the, the elders jump off the cliff and kill themselves, that argument is so well kind of, um, quelled by the the main woman who sort of is like listen like you obviously weren't informed properly mm -hmm. but this is important to us and this is it would it would be an honor if i when i'm 72 i got to do this ceremony because it's such an important thing to us and it it kind of it, it's this gray area in the same way that christian's behavior towards danny it's on its surface, yeah, it's okay. What he's saying is true and sometimes has some sort of basis in, in like, logic. It's just but like, he's yeah. still fucking gaslighting. He's latching on to these beliefs way too quickly. He's no, There's no room for error. That's his right. sort of But the community yeah. is also gaslighting the outsiders. <laughs> right. So this theme, this sort of theme of, like, Essentially telling somebody that what they are concerned with or what they view as maybe not okay for them, that they're crazy or that they're off by believing well, it that I, way. That's a continuous sort of reinforced thing right, throughout the movie, which is great. That's a self-gaslighting is, I think, 
that that's not <laughs> the, all, yeah. that's not the term. Like, because what you're saying is uh, this community of people, it's sort of a stuck in their ways mode, and that's that's a kind of yeah, but they but point. they have methods to to convince the outsiders who are questioning well, it. It's like to, to keep them a, chill. A sort of running yeah theme in it that I really really liked was the idea of. You know, like what they say about the psychedelics, you're you're open to outside influences. Mm -hmm. And like we have this person who is intentionally inbred to be open to outside influences kind of thing. Um, Yeah. And on its surface, that's sort of like, oh, that's an interesting and, and I can get behind that idea. But then you realize the methodology is fucked. Well, what's terrifying is how in like looking at kind of the trajectory of the their 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 life cycles that they believe mm-hmm. in force which is the first 18 years you are a child right. then next 18 years to 36 you're on your like uh mormon mission mm-hmm. you know abroad right and then next is um you're a worker yeah and then you you go return to the village right and then after that is you're the wise elder until you're 72 yeah and don't deserve to live <laughs> right. <laughs> or go out with honor, you know, kind of thing. So to have um, Pele to think that he's gone abroad for that many years to hopefully get an influx. And I wonder if this does, does happen. You have people like leave the religion, ideally, almost like how Mormons kind of, mm-hmm. you know, do. But to think that f- despite being gone and around these sets of friends for 18 years, he never left the ideology mm-hmm of his his village well i think the 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 strength of the fact that he's living in an era where the 90 year ceremony is at his sort of prime age you're right that's important he's that's probably what was keeping him going this whole time was oh i get to be alive for this that's right because i mean 90 years that's you you, the, the odds that you're going to catch that right are not great. I actually wrote that down as that was specifically terrifying having Pele. He's justifying everything by saying, oh, but it's only every 90 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. Okay. So let's get into. Oh, okay. So th- this was all to say that the psychedelics, that scene of depicting psychedelics yeah. was very effective also just the performance of of um what's her name um danny yeah what's her first name her real first name I florence can't. oh yeah florence yeah she's great but florence depicting and in her performance and in filming what it feels like to have a fucking panic attack whew, man it's so unsettling i mean the whole movie's unsettling but like that specific thing was so fucking like locked in for me right and to think it's just so interesting how in film it's all about perspective because we who also is having a panic attack was the the goofy friend the mark. comic relief mark <laughs> because yeah. that was kind of in an almost we see it relatable way of mm-hmm. like situations like like just lay down with me and you know kind of i'm just gonna you know everything he's going through you you could tell this movie from his point of view. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And we'd be laughing at yeah. this girl running away and freaking out, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's perspective. But I think that the honing in on that feeling of, you know, when you're having a panic attack and 
getting, I mean, it just, to me, it was effective in getting us on board with like this state of, of like, I'm a little bit out of control. I like, I'm being overwhelmed. Like all these things are really, really effective. Like the visual of the, the grass growing out of her hand. If I, if I saw that, like even, I mean, I've never done a psychedelic, so I don't really know how I'd react, but if I were to see that, I would not be okay with it. Like, it would really freak me the fuck out. Like, that body horror. It's body horror. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I know it's just grass, but... <laughs> and then, um, and then, I mean, even the tree, like, her looking at the tree and and then throughout the movie, the... the what would you call that breathing. effect? It's, it's sort of breathing thing. That I love. It's such a fucking cool effect. That had me, well, that first one when she looks up at the tree and just the bark has... Yeah, it's like mm, I'm like yep. moving around. This is, I love that. Right, I was right in, but it is really unsettling. Which that's the, the point. Like they've accomplished. Well, it. what it is is it's 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 potentially overwhelming. You can either right be accepting to it or overwhelmed with it. But as again, like clearly set and setting. This was a couple, you know, who probably should not be messing with psychedelics with what <laughs> is going on between them unless they want to like really go through something together right and they definitely are not in it together (laughs) right right they're on different fucking planes that that separation that's what sort of causes that anxiety is if like it's the stuff like forces you to sort of lose that sense of disconnect you you feel a sort of impending we are all you know not separate Mm, thing mm -hmm. going on so if you try to fight against that by being like i'm suspicious of my boyfriend or vice versa you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's an interesting point, though, because through sort of as the trajectory of the whole movie, that theme of like you're a part of this family. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for a while I was thinking, why why have the the family death in the beginning other than to just sort of isolate her? Like what's the broader kind of connection to that? Mm-hmm. But it comes around in the end of the the what do we, what are they called the commune whatever right. well cuz she comes the around the swedes right the swedes reinforce this idea for her to convince her to come around of like we're together we do everything together like nobody's their seduction works it is crowning her the may queen dude. and by the way so the may queen thing does anybody believe that she won that just cuz she won it like no fuck <laughs> no honestly i was that's what i wanted to say going into it but something about some of those hits seemed pretty genuine. And I'd argue, too, that I think they could have or would have killed her what they wanted, like, aside from the May Queen thing. I, I actually would I think argue... They deci- I think that Pele decided... Oh, so here's a clue. Yeah. And I, if I knew Swedish, then we could know the answer. But in the very little German that I know and the, and the similarities between German and English and, and some of the Scandinavian languages, when Pele walks up in the very first scene, they go through the, the sun, um, what do you call that, backdrop thing that, yeah. that they, they've built, which is really cool. They walk through there and he, they meet Pele's dad. And Pele says in Swedish to him, he uses the words... Um, for, I think it's for beautiful and for fantastic and for world. And I think what he's saying is I've found the perfect person. Mm -hmm. Like this girl is the perfect person. She's the one for 
this ceremony is it it was the i'm not using the right words i think exactly but my what i pulled out of like my very slight knowledge of that linguistic stuff was like i think they're talking about her and maybe there was a there was a shot that right. that implied this too and those words made me go oh they've decided like he's that was his job. I feel like, though, it's less... Bring us right. a May Queen. I don't think it's less like it was an actual sort of step-by-step, totally deliberate thing, but a sort of middle ground of yeah. like a... a And sort of getting at a, a horror point of our relationship with fate and is it real sure. or not? And just sort of the idea of to want or believe something so much and it coming true and what effect of believing it had it and you know made it and coming true kind of thing Um, but they've also the 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 commune has made decisions mm -hmm. like they clearly decide that christian is the right mate for the redhead right right i thought the 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 redhead girl decides that maybe but like because they're like she's taken an interest yeah but they have that conversation about like your you're the perfect sort of specimen for this. Like your genes are good for impregnating her. Like they literally say that. Right. So it's stuff like that, which it's like, there's, there's a vague set of goals and then they've made decisions based on, you know, the reality of who's been brought in. Oh, you're good for this. We, I mean, they know the ceremony. It's like, it's not a, it's not a, a secret to them what the ceremony is. They have certain things they want to accomplish. One is get a mate for well maybe that's not part of the ceremony I don't know. I think it, but it worked it just these things are right. they're working for a purpose and i think i think that purpose is sort of getting the idea across of like it's scary to think of that things do just work out mm-hmm. for people for these kinds of people right because on the flip side mark didn't fucking intend to like they couldn't have known that mark was going to piss on the elder tree and that was going to be like seal his fate yeah but if they had already decided that they're going to kill him that was just like okay well fuck this motherfucker like let's kill him this way so i don't know i mean i think there's some there's symbology or symbolism to each of the deaths too which i think is really Cool. And uh, while while we're you mentioned the, all the deaths, I want to say what worked for me is how all the deaths, the foreigners, were off screen. I thought that was yes. really, really effective. The only one that is pretty much on sc- kind of on screen is Josh. Like Josh gets oh getting hit hit, but we don't see the hit. We just see him fall. Right. So you're right. There's still this kind of ambiguity. You don't really know who's the the person doing the, yeah. the hitting or the killing which is cool they didn't because it's all of them right it, right it was like still in its, left in its way in shadow so to speak yeah um yeah because they just cut oh no i guess the that shot of the um of the oracle mm-hmm. is later when christian is having the the sex ceremony it was interesting anyway um, which is freaky something toward the middle of the movie i think one of my favorite moments which is interesting to think when you think it's a daytime horror film was the hmm. nighttime nightmare of them abandoning her yeah. and like Mike Mark looking at the car, kind of like laughing at her almost that scene got to me too, as uh, a very specific kind of horror. There's also in that same vein, the, 
where is Danny when this happens? She's in a bathroom and for a flash of an instant in the mirror behind her, her sister with the hose. Wasn't in that her the mouth. first one when she runs is into that, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um and then yeah, all of those sort of like flashes of her state are really smart because they're reminding us that she's still coping with this right. really fucked up thing. So when the elders fall onto the rock later, we see her seeing her sister up against the rock with the hose in her mouth. And then the two elders are her two parents. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that is just, I think what it, what's the strength of Aster. One of the main strengths of Aster is continuing to reinforce a state of mind of a character for the audience and like getting us on kind of that same fucking and frequency. Plus her performance, oh man. It's it's incredible. Like it is a fucking mind-boggling. Right. How good she is. I think that's why we we sympathize <laughs> with her so much is cuz she's a realistic portrayal of like we see her trying to figure things out. Right. Versus we got her dopey boyfriend just kind of like putzing along for the one ride to the next, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she's well, and you know, another thing, just casting somebody who's an incredible actress and not worrying about, you know, these fucking body standards in Hollywood that exist, you know, like she's not your prototypical fucking, what do you even call that? Like, um, ingenue sort of body that, that has been around for 50 years of like, Oh, the way, the wayfish sort of wayfish or, and or curvy sort of thing. She's just a, she just looks like a person, like a normal human being that exists in the world. She's, well, then I guess that's my type. Cause I thought totally like, <laughs> Oh man, they got, they, they made sure to get an especially attractive person. Well, for this. Let, let, just for example, to counter, you know, to give she you does a sense, make the she, perfect may queen, I think is she her does. look, <laughs> but she, but she's not the girl. Um, why I can't remember her name. Jesus. The, the girl in fucking the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Who's playing Cheryl. Yeah. 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 Teagues. Nurse Cheryl Ladd? No. What is the fucking... What, it doesn't matter. The, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who I'm talking about and yelling at me to the name. But she's not that, right? She's not sort of a quote-unquote 5'10", wayfish, but like curvaceous blonde model. And they could have done that. Or they could have done Natalie Portman, right? Like there's these sort of standards <laughs> that exist in, you know, in... Hollywood or in just in our world of like who, how and who your lead should be. And they, I mean, they obviously picked her for the fact that she's an incredible fucking actress and didn't not pick her because she didn't meet this bullshit standard of, of body type. And I think that's great. I, I would just argue that I, I think I would think of the the filmmaker and the filmmakers. You're you're speaking as if there's a default expectation to do this first, and then they're intentionally usurping it of like, no, we aren't going to cast this kind of person. We are going to cast this kind of person. Not exactly. Okay. What I mean is in the machine that is making a big budget movie. Right. You have a bunch of voices 
And a lot of those voices will often be the ones being like, I think you should cast this person because they fit into an idea. Right. I'm just saying as rather than it being, you aren't saying it's deliberate. You're more just saying this is, this is how it ended up. But I think more so than it, these being deliberate choices are just kind of like, I don't know, filmmakers nowadays our peers or whatever are just their default is, is, oh, oh yeah. Like mine, when you're describing that right now, like I didn't even think of how this person maybe doesn't fit these classic standards or whatever. Like for me, it's just like, Oh wait, no, as she was just, let me put it apart. I'll put it a different way. This girl comes in. The director is like, she's fucking great. I love her. There's a producer standing there going, yeah, she is great, but you know, she's kind of just normal looking. Right. There's that voice exists no matter what it it existed probably before she even got the audition right like somebody in the process is looking in that way and some right. and and because that is the standard somebody else maybe it's the director maybe it's somebody else in the production has to say we're not doing that thing necessarily let's not focus on that i just i just think that's i mean i think that just feels cynical to me nowadays i think there is a sh- it is obviously cynical, but I think nowadays, like, even you have, like, Margot Robbie, that's her name. Right, thank Like, you. she's being... She's great. It, I have it, nothing against it her. It makes sense in... I've only seen the trailers, but, like, Wolf of... She's in Wolf of Wall Street, right? And uh, yeah, is probably. that her? And anyways, actresses like that, they're deliberately being used for that look. Like, it makes sense to have someone with that look. But they're often also being used for roles that, like, there's no, like... No, I'm not saying that doesn't still happen. I just saying I don't think I th- I just think there's there's more film there's also plenty of emerging existing filmmakers who don't fall under that trap. I think now there are. Yeah. Yeah, right. But I think that's kind of my point. We're entering into a time where we're we're shedding this standard that is a bullshit standard and great. has been for the That's, last 50 fucking years. That is years. all I'm saying. Yeah. And I just want to emphasize. And I think it's great. When, when you you it, can see. It's working for me, Ryan. Great. <laughs> but you can see why when you first presented the idea without that uh, clarification, sure. how it sounded like you were saying it was still a default to assume that. I think it is largely still. It's still a problem. A, yes. A, a prominent factor in in filmmaking but yes we're moving away from it or certain people are and that's good yeah there we go (laughs) so the end (laughs) (laughs) okay so having said all of that what about what about the middle of the people jumping off the cliff so i think you would would you say that that's sort of the moment of the oh fuck moment um yeah, as far as there should be, right? That was that was the clear turning point, I think, for them yeah. and us. Yeah. Um, the gratuity of it, I understand why you make it so graphic. Yeah, me too. I wanted to talk about that. I didn't want to look at it, and Which, that's I think that's the, the point. point. But there, I'm I'm on the fence of how. I don't know. Okay, here's why I think it was so important to show it. Because the actual... Yes, there's the visceral fear that strikes you or a discomfort that strikes you with that, clearly. The horror that strikes you. But I think what actually 
like why it works so effectively as like a get under your skin mm-hmm. horror thing is because the context of that horrificness mm. is people justifying that mm-hmm. saying this yeah. is to, to have people coming at it like because we can almost get behind like in life you know thinking of death as something that's beautiful or like when we think of like you know n- not a brave heart but that that viking thing of like the body's going off and shooting mm-hmm. the arrow and it goes up sure, and flames yeah. at sunset yeah. you know beautiful you yep. can we can get behind that so to have this line being there of where people are treating this as a a beautiful given ritual and then having the extent to be like, yeah, but this is what it looks like. How can you call this right? Right. And they do. And that's that horror. Yeah, and it is becomes like, a paradox. Right. Exactly. <laughs> of like, dude, like that, him jumping and just like, oh yeah, the, the, seeing the legs break that way. I was way. like, why'd you jump that way, dumbass? Right. And then as if that's not enough, maybe because he didn't want his face defaced I like know. the woman. Yeah. But, um, and then to have is like, okay, if that's not obvious enough, there's something here we should talk about, guys. <laughs> they come in with a hammer. <laughs> um, oh and it's just because it's a ceremonial hammer that it's okay. Right, right. Exactly. And that's the horror for me. And I think it would be a lot less effective in that sense if we hadn't seen it. And also the fact that that other deaths are off screen and we get the glimpses of the gore. Oh my God. Like I loved it when they were wearing the mask of the dude, like the, they come in wearing the face of Mark. Mark. Oh my God. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I mean, you have that, but as far as that sort of overt and shocking as the deaths, it's isolated to that. Well, and I think part of what it's doing too is, and the whole movie is doing to a certain degree is it's saying we have these ideas, these norms of what is, okay or what's what's uh um humane you know and like we as a species do really fucked up things to animals right, right? For, and we think oh but it's the, it's it. a humane thing right like the way that they done think it's not. messed up we put our elderly in horrible homes that's right so there's that whole other side of like what does it mean like what is humanity you know, and how do we view it? It's all kind of sub- fucking subjective. I mean, you know, I don't degree. think factory farming is humane. I don't it, think. Right. And I, I don't think I think that's not get too off topic, but I think that's a misnomer to say there's a humane way to kill someone or that's, something. An that's animal. My, that's my point is that the the it's humane slaughter. It's a humane murder. Right. And the the commune people are effectively making that same argument. Yeah. Like, oh, no, but this is a great honor. But what does it mean? That's, again, maybe this is kind of the paradox, but, like, what if those people who killed themselves, though... If um, they believe it? They, I know. They thought they were but on But they obviously... One of them did and one of them didn't because yeah. he fucking shit the bed. You know what I mean? Okay, he was like, is, I don't know. Well, this is so similar enough I to... I love all of that. This is similar so enough. so fucked up. This connects to, to jump ahead to the, the ending, which mm-hmm. um, I loved similarly to that the uh that transition of like you feel like oh yeah i'm talking about the transition of feeling like someone's excited to be killing themselves because of their belief system into mm-hmm. when the reality of the situation hits all of that is out the window so the living oh, yeah. villagers yeah. being burned alive yeah Ig- being burned Igmar, alive i think end. is the brother of pele oh that was the, one of them he's one of the two so so basically it's like you see them sitting there smiling looking at each other when the barn set on fire but then as soon as the flames hit them mm-hmm. no all that is out the window mm-hmm. and just forces us to go 
really, guys? You still you, you bought still into this thing that, that it's that, okay that the fucking yew tree or whatever it was sap that they got put in their mouth was gonna make them not right. feel anything? It's like yeah, you know who'd uh, who'd agree with us here is uh, what's her face from audition? There's truth in pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, even that moment is sort of it really is to this point of like you're being fucking deceived you're being i think actually the big underlying thing that i take away from the whole movie is the lie that you are either told and believe or that you tell yourself and continue to believe and that lie i mean there's a billion of them in the movie but like that that thing of like i'm gonna ignore either my instinct or my impulse or my like objective truth of what's going on around me or what's being said. Like it doesn't matter if somebody says, Hey, this is our tradition. You still don't like what you just saw. Yeah. You get to have that. And that's sort of the quintessential part of gaslighting of like somebody else is telling you how to feel and what your reality is. That's fucked up. It's not okay. I think that, telling almost personified as this is something I loved in this movie was it happened a few moments is yeah it's it's everything you just said it's playing off that that inherent fear of like the fire whether it's the fire moment or when she discovers her boyfriend having sex or when um what is the other one there's one earlier too but when they you have the villagers reacting with uh, mimicking their emotions that is an amazing thing so when they're all burning up inside just as a reminder to the audience when they're all burning up inside and everyone outside is screaming the same way they are it's it feels like to me it's like it's sort of an ultimate disrespect it's like you're an insect getting stepped on somehow i think there's there's an opposite end of that too though it is it is what happens in mass hysteria. It's what people get on board as the collective group. If they're all doing it as one, we jump on board more easily. We're so prone to that kind of thing. If the group is a green and we're the singular outside of that, we are so much more likely to just get on board. I mean, there's all these like social experiments about this, right? It's like people form, you know, you have a bunch of people who are in on it. They form a line outside of a a closed door in public and people who are not part of the experiment will just start lining up with them because they don't want to not be a part of the group. And so they're taking that idea to this crazy amplified place of like, like when the elder, you know, fails at killing himself and he's moaning they all start That's moaning yeah. along with him and it's it is it seems like is he are they mocking him or are they all just are they feeling the like they're becoming one with him that's it and that's, that's that ambiguity of like right. what the fuck is well because happening? it's like okay you're you're you, you it's as it's the fear and like they're saying and almost convincing that they're feeling his emotions and being one with him mm-hmm. but they aren't the ones dying exactly <laughs> and and that i think the the most a poignant and and moving moment that it does that is when danny has seen christian having sex and she's sort of screaming and moaning and they take her into the the whatever the other barn and they get around her and they're like holding her and they're doing it in rhythm with her there's a point when it's sort of like i almost feel like danny's like i guess it's okay then because everybody's doing this along with me like my grief is now lessened 
in some way because they're grieving with me. They're they're well, doing. They're, it's, it's interesting because like it's in real life, up. all we really want if we're in a horrible state, we aren't trying to get a solution from someone when we're talking to them. We just want to be felt. That's all we mm -hmm. want. When mm -hmm. someone says, "How are you doing?" It's not. Oh, how are you doing when your family just died? It's, I feel, I'm, I'm right. trying to feel for you, you here. Actually have empathy. S right. So to, <laughs> to have something that feels like it's that taken to extreme yet be the actual inverse of what we really want. Right. There's that, that's where the horror I think lies. Yeah. It's un, it's really off putting to me. Yeah. Um, it's scary because it, it, I feel like that's, you know. It's almost a weird, broad commentary on people just following the crowd. Yeah. I mean, it's a Which cult. is a... <laughs> yeah, it's a cult, right? Exactly. I mean... And but thousands of but years the, old. But the world is doing the same thing too. Yeah. And so to see it in this, in this micro way and then be like, oh, wait, we're all kind of in that at times. You know what I mean? Like right. we're, sub we're subject to the, the quote unquote talking heads. It's like... That's happening all the time. People, <laughs> so I think that's what makes it so unsettling and, and just, it is horror. It yeah. is the horrors of humanity in like the tiniest of way that is also the fucking broadest of way. So yeah, dude. Um, What's next? <laughs> ending. You've touched on it, but it's the whole a, sequence. So is, I set whole, whole ending meaning I want to start with at least the dance or like yeah, I think, kind of kicks in. Yeah, I think it kicks in with the drinking of the punch, right? right? Or the tea or whatever. The pre-May Queen him, ceremony. Him getting taken away to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, man, that's it's, a, it's a long sequence, right. too. It is really upsetting and disturbing. Because the tone... And the, just the impendingness well, of it is so fucking they've, intense. They've fully fallen into the fog of this world. We've kind of lost sense of time with them almost, mm -hmm. too. Like, at first, what was a strange kind of, what's going on with this dinner here when they're standing up, sitting down at the same time? That's all of a sudden been normalized for them. Mm -hmm. So they can be taken a step further in their insane rituals. You know, so... It's so fucking manipulative, too. <laughs> yeah. They've been given these little kernels to be like, everything's cool. We're going to give you what you want. Hey, Christian, you want to do your thesis on us? Totally, we'll do that. I know your friends are disappearing. Or actually, what's more effective is, you know what? It took a lot of doing, but we're going to let you do it. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, great. It's like some sort of prize you've won. And I'll tell and you, that's what a con artist do it, from having yes. uh, been involved with one. Yes, definitely. That is the fucking con. It's so fucked. Um, I <laughs> loved her her descent into the involvement slash acceptance mm -hmm. of all that. Or mm -hmm. from her point of view, an ascent. Or maybe from our point of view, seeing that she's actually relieved of the burden of the relationship and their family's mm -hmm. death for the first time, uh, we can't disagree with that being a sort of yeah. ascending in terms too. But at what cost? Quite the cost, Tim. Not um, if she ne she doesn't have anybody to go back to. So she's just, just going to live her life out there. It happens, right? It happens like when she accepts the dance when she's you know in the mode as they put it of the the psychedelics mm. opening her up 
Um, the moment when she starts <laughs> speaking Swedish. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. That is like, oh no, we're in fucking trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's, I don't think they're actually, they're just speaking gibberish, right? I don't know. I don't know either. But I, my impression was that maybe they're just, because they're on the trip, they think that they're now communicating without even saying real words, which I, I kind of thought was like, oh no. Right. Like she's fucked. Right. Like she's crossed over and now we're like, <laughs> there's no coming back. I don't want to, this is way out of the realm of anything, anything, but there's, I, f- I feel like from, from my research uh-huh. in, in that state, um, the idea of some sort of extrasensory communication is not at all implausible implausible yeah gotcha yeah it's, it's entirely plausible yeah no i i, you, bought, I bought it if that that's thing, what they were trying right, to say that, that thing about like that i think that's what plugs you in too is it's totally true and uh of, of uh yeah psychedelics being like you are open to a state like okay so it's like god used in that manipulative way right. uh, god, wait was this the things of note that i had okay um okay okay the dancing the dancing tim <laughs> I loved it. I mean, everything I just said, that was an expression of what I loved about it. Um, I think it's like, I feel like in our, there's a, in in Western society, this isn't, you know, across the board. I'm just, I'm speaking generally. I feel like if someone is at peace with their death and that exudes from them, like in their passing, you know, days, whatever, it's a lot of a sudden the default is to uh, people's reaction is to think they're like crazy or that there's something wrong. Hmm. And I think that's messed up in itself. Sure. I think it's, I don't, yeah, I think that's totally, I think that's actually better. I think that's something that we've lost. And I think actually speaking, I've seen studies like psychedelics being, you know, given mushrooms given to people, they become, they're cool, you know, with their death. They've sure. accepted it in a way. But so, but I, I think this is just another kind of fear point of just here we have just the idea of accepting death can almost be like a sort of a scary thing in well, itself. Well, because it's, it's pointing it's at death. the people of course, who are I not dying. Yeah. The people who are not dying are going, everything I'm built to do, I'm programmed to not die. Yeah, yeah. So it's flying in the face of a very primal thing. Like That's how, why we watch horror films. Right. Though. But it's, it's because like, it taps into that. Here there's a difference between a funeral and a memorial. Like, you know, funerals are remose, morose mm-hmm. and raining. Mm-hmm. Memorial are life celebrations. Sure. They're still sad, but right, they're also, right. you know, can allow for happiness and yeah, gratefulness. Yeah, um this is my, this is, yeah, it's flipping it a bit. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like to think when, if you're coming from the, that Western unhealthy extreme to then be put in this situation, it's like you could get why she can almost get on board with it, you know, as, um, yeah, <laughs> you know? but she, they had to put her through a bunch of hoops right. to get her there. No, and, and, and manipulative and, hoops, like psychedelic, like right. putting her in a completely different state, manipulating and lying and fucking like winding her around, taking her away from when Christian is fucking somebody right. else. Like they know what they're doing. That's why it's insidious. Right. But I'm just saying that I'm trying to recognize that there is things are scary when there is a truth 
in it. It doesn't mean it, it's right in itself or that it's fully okay. But, you know, well, yeah. it's finding that truth in it and then being able to um, exploit that. Yeah. That was yeah. going on. And I, that was just a long way to say I think that's why that was so You're effective. right, too, because even – well, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, this is all – it's all a fucking setup. <laughs> yeah. Once she – once they've decided, whenever this happens, whenever they decide that she's going to be the May Queen, because that decision has to happen at Again, a certain I'd, point. Again, I'd argue against that too, if you want to. But I'm go just back saying, at that. some point, they have to decide it. Let's oh. say, let's just say she wins, and that's where it's decided. Okay. That I'm willing to concede that, although I don't believe that's the case. That's fine. That's my interpretation. But even then, once they've decided that, they then know, okay, we've also decided that Christian is going to have this sex ceremony. And since those two are together, we need to separate them. And then when she comes back, we know that ultimately since she's the May Queen, she's going to have to make the decision whether or not to kill Christian or one of the villagers. And so we better put her in a position to maybe find out that Christian is fucking somebody else. That's a manipulation, right? They they could have hid that from her completely. They're completely in control of all of this, but they didn't. They walked her past the barn that Christian is fucking in. And when she says, what's going on in there? They're like, that's not for you. <laughs> wink, wink. You know what I mean? Like that's all a part of the fucking manipulation. So of course, when she goes to look, they don't grab her and say, no, no, seriously, you shouldn't do that. They're like, oh, there she goes. Oh, I guess we can't control her. I don't know. Again, in the moment I was reading it, it could have been a little differently. I'm saying now stepping back to me, all of it looks like a fucking minute. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. Like that they set. It's all a setup because they want the ceremony to go the way they want it to. Right. Like there's the only people that they allow to lose, quote unquote, in their ceremony is Igmar and the other dude who are volunteers. They mm -hmm. volunteered to die. You know, everybody else, like two of them are just fucking mannequins, I mean, I, right? They, they're symbolic. The thing, like, I agree, of course, that there's the few of them that had to be killed for that was their plot of part of the ritual. Mm -hmm. I just think as far as... You mean the outsiders? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think they were going to do that regardless of... I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of that, even though it, they easily could have manipulated it, I also look at it as just as viable that there is happenstance slash uh, impenetrable, impenetrable idea of fate within that. So the reason I have this point of view mm -hmm. is because it's scarier and more horrific to think that it's all part of the plan and a manipulation. And that makes me feel good. For me, it's horrific that they would more horrific that they would just have a sort of trust in a greater power to have it play out a certain way. And it does. <laughs> sure. No, not sure. Here's yeah, the thing. No, it I was going to play out no matter what because of their initial manipulation. Right. But having it have the beans and gravy on top of it is like <laughs> where they let go and the, the trust and, yeah. uh, hey, it worked out better than they could have hoped for. Um, okay. So let's talk about the... I guess we've kind of covered it, but like the sex scene is fucking wild. So I have a, a his list. performance is good. Tim, this is what I said earlier talking through it. So uh, my, I have a list of moments I love, just to list if we didn't hit them. And I call the sex butt push. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, for sure. You said it out loud. Get it in there. <laughs> 
You were like with the woman who came up and pushed him. Yeah, you were like with the woman. Like, yeah, just get it. Yeah, come on, man. Fucking, why are you hesitating? Uh, Dude, the so moment when the like the depends, sort of for me that was like horrific. That moment is the idea yes. of being that manipulated when it's like, let me be, you know, like. Dude, uh, that whole ceremony thing is so fucked up. Like, I I really love this moment of like where the 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 redheaded girl, the virgin, let's call her, is clearly like this is she's having an experience herself <laughs> and she looks back at the, at the people she knows. Yeah. And the, I would say sort of the, the, the most attractive, I guess, maybe 40 ish year old, like ma- motherly, like pretty mother steps forward and like holds her hand and then holds Christian's hand at the same time. And it's like looking at Christian, it's sort of this like motherly reassurance thing going on. That right. was so fucking weird and fucked I up. I think that's also what's going on is they are instilling the um, the birth, let's say, the conception. Mm-hmm. They're using magic, quote yes. unquote, yeah. intention, the power of intention. Right. Yeah, all of like, that. Ooh, man. Um, what do you think of his bloody wiener? Did you I love was it? distracted by you saying we see a lot of wiener in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a good touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's I'm like glad they went there and just said, "Here you go." Right. Um, what else? The all of the. I mean, we sort of talked about, it, but the 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 background and the trees and everything breathing, like the flowers breathing on her. Yeah. Her crown. And what was the, you saw a face? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, so, so was it like a big like face? So I would say in in the screen. It was probably, man, I would say it took up a good portion of one of the thirds of the shot. So I wonder in the forest and it's very clearly a, it's sort of that green man. You know, the green man is sort of the. That's what I was going to say. And I kind of came across it looking up midsummer stuff. Yeah. The green man is like, I don't remember exactly, but it's a, an entity. It's like an, um, uh, what do they call those? Um, not an, uh, um. Shit, what's the word? Swamp thing is one of these. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what is the fucking word? An element? No, it's elemental. an elemental. Yeah. I think the green man is like an elemental figure in, I don't know what culture is, to be honest. Right. But it's this forest face fucking entity. So cool. Well, um, if I had seen it, big, that would have worked for me. It was big and there. I yeah. was like, whoa, that's I, just somebody's face. Now, it's it's camouflaged, obviously, because right. it's in the fucking trees, but it's really there. Oh, it's so cool. I want to see it again just for that. Um, So all of that stuff, and even the, you know, like when they're at the final table, um, it, well, it's not the final table, it's the feast table, and she's got her crown, and she, the, 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 chair she's in like the the fucking leaves are kind of crawling around her and like moving with her um all that shit like the stuff that's on the table they they show they cut away to reality like two or three times and it's like fucking rancid meat with like flies (laughs) around it but then in her kind of the vision of it it's almost like cakes in the like like um, meat cakes, meat cakes, sort of in the, sh- <laughs> in the shape of like humans 
it's very like cool and weird. Mm. It's got you know a torso kind of is oh, one yeah, of them, yeah, and yeah. like I one of them's that. like yeah. So like all that design shit and the visuals of that. I mean of the whole movie, but that's it. Really fucking tops out for me there, where it's just so. It's so fucking everything you're seeing is like, whoa, dude, there's so much. Okay. And so the ending moment is talking to a friend of ours and he was just like, yeah, when it ended, you know, it's the moment where she's smiling. It just left me with a feeling of like, uh, okay, kind of thing. Or like, you know, as if it was. It's the darkest thing that could happen. Right. I, I guess I didn't think it was that. Uh, okay, I was pretty. No, I was pretty powerful to have her be <laughs> on board with it all, dude. Even right before that moment when she's that huge flower dress that's basically up to her fucking neck. I loved that, and the crown that, is like, amazing. And then put her there, in that. there is a shot from the ground with the house burn or whatever the the barn thing burning in in the background, and her in the foreground, and it's a low to high. And she's like almost like a wounded animal kind of like uh, trying. I mean, it's just like the struggle of being in that flower thing. She's she's sort of gesticulating around in the shot and she almost has it's like horns are of the crown Mm -hmm. in the fire behind her. And she's it's just it's animalistic and it is such a fucking beautiful shot that whole just the design of all of that blows my mind of how fucking intensely pretty and horrific it is at the same time. I missed the moment apparently like when I was reading the summary and I, I knew it happened, but I just missed the moment where she was the one who selected Christian. Mm-hmm. How did that play out? Cause I feel like that would have worked. That idea works for me. You but don't, how did the moment you don't see the selection. Uh-huh. She, you don't see her decision. You see her contemplating the decision. It's, it's posed, right? Like the, oh. the elder says, here's the deal. I think I thought that Christian had already been selected. No, they say you have a choice between this dude here. He's one of our guys. He's the ninth mm. or Christian. Got it. And she, there's a very long sort of back and forth of her staring at Christian oh and him, and Christian staring at, at her. I remember that. Right? That whole thing is just her contemplating what her decision is going to be. And the only way we know that she chose Christian is the next scene is them opening the bear up and wheeling Christian into the bear room. So good. So good. And you go, oh, she chose him. What is it when they see the bear for the first time? <laughs> oh, there's a bear. Yep. <laughs> yeah they're like bears exist all right so we didn't miss it okay in the moments that worked for me i had listed i mentioned the wearing skin face sex butt push love story drawings dudes <laughs> screaming when burning oh, okay so the three didn't mention the when he the the one guy's strung up and you see the lungs still breathing yeah dude what the fuck so that's an actual that's the thing i was mentioning that's yeah. an uh, actual thing it's called a blood eagle <laughs> and it's an old torture from i don't know way back when right and um that's fucked and so in real, why are humans so fucked up in, well somebody he, thought of that right and was like oh we want to torture this guy here's what we're gonna do here's okay here's something a greater thing i wanted to say about what was working for me is that this whole film was an exercise in sort of i could i could buy into all of this because i think when you combine 
psychedelics, the power that they have with um, a culture and civilization that is still justifies killing people. Mm -hmm. This is what you get. Mm -hmm. You get like you say, why are humans like that? Yeah. If you if you are in a world where you're supposed to kill people to survive and that this ritual is a given thing, your brain might go. You could convince yourself definitely that, to do that. We That's are why. we are the product of culture after culture convincing these, themselves these, that 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 certain things are okay. Right. These things have been around for yeah all of all of our history. Yeah, it, it's mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I loved the moment where the older dude claps his hands in front of Christian. Oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Fuck, dude. It's so funny, my friend. He was mentioned. Won't name him. <laughs> but that effect of, like, clapping his hands and you see, like, the wave and the shimmer effect from it. Yeah. He was talking about tripping on mushrooms. And he's like, this is something I think you'd note and say, Tim. You tried it. But he was like... Yeah, dude, when you're on mushrooms, you see your farts. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, and just kind of the rip, the, the color and ripples of it, Shit. you know, just kind of wow. The, the sound maybe getting out into the space becomes, you know, something you wow. can see, too. Ryan, you've convinced me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was just, it was too perfect because that friend, too. I was like, of course he would notice and, you know, Oh, share that's that. hilarious. Um, Man. Real midsummer tradition is their obsession with eating herrings in mass. Oh, so right. That, that moment. That oh, was a moment I, I loved of being force fed that she refused. But that was all that much more horrifying when, see, they let that go. So it's like, that's an example of. You know, they're in control, but not. She didn't actually end up eating the herring, you know, and it dude, was OK. Dude, that's fucked up, though. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that every fucking bully on the planet yeah. does where they go. You know, they I had a kid do this to me once when I was in high or middle school. So I think I may have mentioned this before, actually. Down in the gym locker room, I'm late for gym class. Oh, There's yeah. one other kid and he, I'm tying my shoe and suddenly I've got a knife up against my neck. And he's got a look on his face like I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm like frozen because I'm like, ah, I can't move. There's what the fuck is going on. And then he, there's this beat and then he pulls it away and he starts laughing. He's like, I'm just fucking with you. It's the bully. I'm just fucking with you thing. It's the fucking most fucked up thing yeah. anybody can do. It's doing and that's it what it feels without, like. The herring thing is like, oh, right. we were just fine. We didn't really think like, you were going to be able to do it. We no, were just fucking it's like, with you. It, you still did it. That's what's like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Like the I'm just fucking with you thing. It's like it. No, it's it, like it's she, the motto of every bully ever. They fully put it down her like <laughs> try to force feed it. <laughs> yeah. Because they're seeing if, how far she'll go um, or what she'll take. It's so it's the worst. I think that's all I got, Tim. Um, shit. Oh, here's this a bunch of mention. You know how much I loved uh, when I told him the trajectory of Christian's character put in the wheel wheelbarrow and then the bear skin. Mm -hmm. um, this was a quote from a, a review of just putting that kind of stuff of the trajectory of the film being a male director's quote, a male director's masochistic fantasy of emasculation at the hands of a matriarchal cult. I saw that. Get over yourself. I thought it was a good way to put it. Really? I think that's what I it was like there. It's I too, think it's too like, I don't it's, know. I don't like the finality of it, as I said, but. 
I think no, it's, it's not it, literally a fantasy, but it's I think playing on like I don't know. I think that works for me. There's something in the the utter uh, emasculization. That's not how you say it, but you know what I mean. It feels that quote feels to me like somebody who t- took umbrage with a man getting his comeuppance. Oh, I don't think they put it as a negative thing. Oh, really? I think they were describing it as a matter of fact, like huh. a male maybe would write this the, for that, you know? Maybe it's just the term emasculation where it's like, it made me think they had a problem with it. No, because the man, man would be is the one getting emasculated. I know. Where they're like, it made me think they were saying that's a problem for them. Oh, I didn't read it that way. Okay, well, cool. Um, I just that I just thought that was just a nice way to sort of not fully, but sort of get at something about what I maybe liked about that um, fate of his. Yeah, I mean, I think he does. He deserve. Does anybody deserve what they get in this? Does anyone you know deserve I mean? to die? Right. Um, but I think this idea of oh, she, you know, she's a. Um, you know, she's scorned yeah. and this is her, she's punishing him because of that. It's like, yes, but also he's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, he's not the victim here. That's why that quote makes me feel weird. It's like, it makes me feel like he's somehow victimized. It's like, no, they're all, first of all, they're all victimized at the hands of these fucking insane people, but also he's a piece of shit. And it makes sense why she made that decision. Mm-hmm. So maybe the quote still works. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm confused because it sounds like exactly how you described it is what I took away from right, the quote. Right, right, right. Um, uh, we so got another section. Too. I know we do. I the only other thing I want to say. I know the only thing I want to say is um, the the music is just fucking killer. I agree. It's so good. Great. All right. Next section. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. the only thing i had that didn't work for me i think it actually might have been intentional right to make us sort of look at the boyfriend as a putz but the way he kept saying and the gaslighting too the way he kept going are you okay is everything okay? Even like later, like when one of the yeah. for- other foreigners, you know, abandoned the other one and he's like, are they okay? It was just like a little, everything else about the movie, yeah. I could buy the characters as being real. It's but like this they one slimmed just his felt, dimensionality down just a little too It was just a much. little too easy. I was just yelling at <laughs> him whenever he did that in a way that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it shouldn't be. F- I want to say that wasn't fun, but then that could still be again effective and intentional. But that just wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. That was the one mix kind of meh thing. I have one that's really stupid. I don't like the style of T-shirt that everybody had on. <laughs> all the foreign, all the outsiders are wearing like a scoop neck, and it's sort of this frumpy looking T-shirt. And I'm like, bro, it's 2019. Scoop necks out. Maybe more evidence it's all a story world. <laughs> no, it just is one of those things where I was like, God, if I was in this movie and they put that on me, I would fe- I would just not feel Sorry, guys, in find it. someone else. Yeah, you got to fucking cast somebody who's, you know, okay uh, with scoop necks. Okay. <laughs> Tim Aslan was originally cast yeah. in this film, yeah. everyone. It is my casting, unfortunately. <laughs> That's why I don't do it anymore. I'm like, I don't want to be a dickhead. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't too long. I like I liked falling under the spell. It wasn't too weird for sure. It it wasn't too. I would, maybe people say it's too full of itself. People people say yeah, the don't. directing. Where I'm just trying to think of critiques that mm-hmm. I might have read that the the directing was great, but the writing wasn't. I don't know. There's I, there's a surface reaction I have, and I've had this to a number of movies, Hereditary included, um, Requiem for a Dream, where I'm like, why did we want to see this? You know what I mean? That sort of, because it's so unsettling and upsetting. I mean, that connects back to that question of why horror. That, But that's what we had this sort of conversation briefly in the elevator when we were leaving, where I was like, it's just so upsetting. And it's sort of like, yeah, that's the adult version of being scared that we've been searching for. Yeah. You know, that's like we can never be scared. I'm like, in Tim, the way. you want to be scared and put off. Right. It just happened. What are you complaining yeah. about? <laughs> and look, I had fucking nightmares like it did the thing. I got to my apartment and it just felt eerie as fuck. Everything felt like it was moving at a weird pace. Like my own reality was slowed down because of the effect of that movie being in this weird pacing sort of, you know, slow crawl. of not doing that. Yeah. And I just yeah, I mean, it did the thing. And I'm like. I don't know if I, if I like right, that, it. That's what I was talking to you about after we saw it. Where it's like, Tim, you kept saying, I just so distinctly yeah. heard you say multiple times, I want to be scared. I want to, yeah, I want to feel that feeling that I had when I was a kid. But then when you're actually feeling it, you're like, oh, right. There's a reason we like create a construct to uh, not feel that way. Because <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. So good job. You did it. You yeah. Made, you and I think me. it's important, though, when we ask why, though, to feel that. I think it's a it's not enough purging's quite the right word, but think of hmm. think of like what might have been scary 50 years ago is less scary now, mm-hmm. though. You also have things that are just still always, you know, just as terrifying. But even if it's still as effective and scary, what's different is it's knowable. The information Mm. of this situation has happened. Mm -hmm. We are intellectually prepared for it. Does not mean we are emotionally prepared or Mm -hmm. it justifies it happening at all. But in sort of our, I think, quest for survival that's that's built in us, our our database is being filled. The Mm. more we can sort of explore these very deep embedded fear points. It's a, and that's, that's where it's a purging. And I, I don't know, to kind of mention too, um, I mean, this is coming off of what didn't work. I'm going to be talking about what maybe didn't work for other people. And I was remembering sure. someone I talked to and they were kind of describing it more. They were saying, they described it as like, it was an experimental, like the film. And I said, no, like for me, it's more, it's, it's, uh, it's finding new, interesting ways to combine things that have come before to make something wholly unique. I don't even and know he, what that the, and he like said, the term and, experimental and he said, means. He said that's what he means is it's something oh, that's not okay. I think previously sure. known or done. Right. And those are my favorite films, Tim. Me too. Like that's what PT Anderson is all about. Yeah. You know, it's why yeah. you know can't help but be a fanboy of his Kubrick too. Yeah. Um and I don't know. I guess that's just all to say stuff didn't certainly not work for me, but uh I think story wise I, I guess it's got a it's still Films also like that, they'll grow on me. Yeah. I think this will. 
I think the only thing story-wise that I could kind of put into it didn't work is just there was a point when I was like, you all should know that you're in trouble. And I was on the fence of how much I bought into them. Like when the first British guy gets taken off and they're there, that's a thin fucking explanation of like well, oh we only here, had room but for here's one the thing, car like you had the, in the one truck the fiance thing. or whatever of course she was freaking out accordingly but I where know. i think why it was still buyable for me was because all of a sudden this information becomes secondhand removed i know you yeah. have someone no, at the smart. dinner table being like oh no i actually it's not that at all it's because hard. I took her myself to the yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's hard as the, as the viewer, and I caught myself thinking this. I'm like, well, of course I think they should know better because I have all the information. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And yet. Put they, yourself there. Yeah. Fuck. Let's do things of note. Okay. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. So, I mean, we talked about that transition into the plane earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think why I just wanted to remember you mentioned the painting with the bear, too, yeah, 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 in yeah. the living What's room. What's that all about? Give it I to me. I think this is, uh, that's possible evidence for, much like audition, that this is all a questionable possibility playing out in her head. I thought that that might, I had that thought. You think of, you have all these little sort of these little um seeds yep. of things that combine that are around you and this is just dealing with that insecurity of you know a, a relationship coming apart well and <laughs> there are clues there's definitely clues we see her under that painting after she, we don't know how much time has passed there's a time jump right and of, assume of, this is an actual trip planned right the so the the sequence goes she finds out her parents died. We see her moaning and, and crying in Christian's arms. And then we hard cut to her asleep in that bed underneath the bear picture. Also, I'm pretty sure. And so and then he comes in and, and he says something very specific. He's like, hey, I'm going to go to this party for like 45 minutes. Like you can keep sleeping. And she says, I wasn't sleeping. And I think that you could take that as a cue that that's a lie and that how she's, about that we're now in dreamland <laughs> and maybe this is more evidence for the whole things just dreamland doesn't matter one way or the other but the email that she gets from the sister the kind of like i'm in darkness and i'm bringing them with me or what was something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. that felt like we were already like a connection to the horror that comes somehow yeah yeah Yes, I think that w upon watching it a, a couple more times, I bet you there's lots of clues that could allow you to interpret it that way. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that it's it's in any way going – I don't think you will find that in any way it is advertently true. Mm -hmm. Is that how you would say that? <laughs> I mean, in there, that ambiguity is what makes it work <laughs> and good, yeah. Right. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, I had that thought. I was like, maybe this is all fucking in her head. Maybe it starts from the fucking trip. She does a couple times cross over. She has these moments of like, now she's blacked out and then she's waking up and being like, where am I kind of thing that happens a couple times. She could never get out of that bathroom. 
right? <laughs> For me, I don't know. I, I, I imagine it. If I had to pick one, I like that it's with that transition we already talked about of going mm-hmm. into the plane. That yeah. that emotionally felt to me like my head kicking into, okay, so let me imagine this trip and I'm getting on the plane. You know? Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and then you see that play out. Well, and, you know, as a thing of note, the way that this film came about is speaks to the potential for this being just a big allegory for a breakup because oh, yeah. Astor basically was approached by the Swedish Swedish Film Commission, I think first a Swedish film company company, okay. and then they got the commission to support it because, because it was shot there or whatever. This, or no, Hungary, it was shot in. I think this movie. There's a midsummer, a Swedish midsummer that was made in. Um, 2003 I think or 7 I forget which it was or 13 I don't fucking remember and you know like it's a I thought it was just interesting I didn't look to see if there's any connection between like who produced it or owns it or whatever but that there's this same titled Swedish movie from 10 years ago or whatever and maybe that's where like the person who had those rights was like hey you know we have the rights to this horror film from years ago let's see if we can find a good right so originally the investors were like wanting to make a typical sort of more hostile-esque slasher film approached Ari Aster it sounds like four years ago before Hereditary Mm. was made and said um well can you do this and he couldn't really get into it except for until he took that approach that you said of thinking of it as a A allegory for a breakup yeah and that he could just take the money and do what he wants with that slim constraint of having them people get killed off at a event like that it seems to me based on hereditary and this like his pocket is grief he's really good at at tapping into depicting grief because like think about when you go through a breakup or you lose somebody right you spend a lot of time or at least i do in imagining the storylines of that surround that whether mm-hmm. it's thinking about things that have already played out or things that you want to play out or fears that you have of how things might play out like in a way you could look at this movie just as one big imagined version in her head of grieving for this loss and for potentially like maybe the fucking maybe Christian broke up with her when he found out that she was yeah um that her parents had died. He was like, that's it. And then the rest of the movie is just in her head, imagining all of these things. It's possible. Yep. Am I gaslighting her by saying that? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. So we know too, that, um, this was an amalgam of different spiritual movements that he said, quote, have nothing to do in many cases with even Sweden, but there are hundreds of things kind of woven together here. So like you do have that, the may pole, like the that thing that they raised, oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. real midsummer yeah, thing. No doubt. Um, but then I was like trying to think and I just was Googling for like, okay, but I want to get into this sacrifice thing. Oh, real quick. This was really funny. I ended up in looking up Midsummers at the official uh, like Sweden.se website for like visitors <laughs> and stuff. 
Now it's fucked. They're yes. like, it's uh-oh. So it's like a little girl it's smiling. Like, it says midsummer. It, it should is... have now in parenthetical, not like the movie. <laughs> well, this is, yeah, because <laughs> exactly. Because uh, parenthetical would go well with their blurb here. I just thought it was great. I have to read. Okay. Just official description of midsummer. In mid-June, school is out and nature has burst into life. It seems like the sun never sets. In fact, in the north of Sweden, it doesn't. And in the South, only for an hour or two. This calls for celebration. <laughs> Friends and family gather for the most typical Swedish tradition of all, midsummer. Is this the, are you reading the, um, are you reading the summary of the movie? No. <laughs> this is the summary. And then so on their official website, it, you have this very European humored, like typical, like YouTube kind of video of animated to it where it's like Swedish Midsummer for Dummies. You see this, Tim? And it's like this whole, it's like Riley narrated. Aww, here, I'll, I'll looks play it And so like, look at Everybody that. brings their own drinks because you don't... <laughs> You don't want somebody slipping you that hallucinogenic right. tea. So it's like, and it's just so, this is what I said. It was so the European humor of like, it lists the essentials and sort of uh, look at that speckled in amongst like the bug spray and poncho is beer and condoms. <laughs> like, you know, you're it. planning your family trip here. Um, and so, okay. Oh, and then also what, it, this is why I mentioned it. So they say in this video, it's so funny. They like, if you wonder how much this was their humor or not, it says, even though we no longer use ritual sacrifice. Oh, my God. And I, I was just like, wait. So was that <laughs> like an acknowledged thing? But, I think it's just a thing. Right. So on the Wikipedia, which I don't tr totally trust for this kind of thing, mm, it's right. sort of like there were kind of connections to something like it. But they said, no, there's no actual evidence of Midsummer. But what I did look up was I just Googled like um, Sweden... Uh, human sacrifice and did find mm -mm. some truth to that and also to the number nine of Ooh. sacrifices. So there's Gamla Uppsala is a, a village parish. Uppsala, in... I've been there. Really? Yep. You've been here, Tim. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you can, well, can confirm this or deny it um, <laughs> <laughs> as far Probably as the, the feel of it there. But so there, sorry, this is this was more reading from a wikipedia here but um yeah they did some kind of you know like like in the film ritualistic sacrifices to appease appease the gods so <laughs> sacrifice yeah so began human sacrifice and this is you know starting way 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 back when but um the pair of sacrifice so it's been used for many ages and generations um beginning to slaughter human okay so at the temple of Uppsala in gamma gamla Uppsala, which he worshipped three gods, sacrifices as follows. Every kind of male creature, nine victims are offered. By the blood of these creatures, it is the custom to appease the gods. Their bodies, moreover, are hanged in a grove, which is adjacent to the temple. This grove is so sacred to the people that the separate trees in it are believed to be holy. Again, like the holy tree, like mm -hmm. the movie. Um, are believed to be holy because of the death or putre putrefaction of the sacrificial sacrificial victims. There are even dogs and horses hang besides human the human beings. 
Um, the incantations, however, which are usually sung in the performance mm. of libation of this kind, are mm -mm. numerous and disgraceful, and it is better not to, to speak of them. So this is wow. obviously all quoting Adam of Bremen. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, sac to immerse a human being alive. Sorry, there's just more here. For nine days, feasts and sacrifices of this kind are celebrated. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, if you want to read more on this, look up Gamla Uppsala on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was in Sweden, when I was a kid, we went, we were in Stockholm and uh, herring is legit. It gets a thing. I told you. They yeah. love the, they that love them the website herrings. I was looking at. I remember you like you kind of eat it bone and all. You, you just kind of eat it. Just get it down there. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like it. I was like. I fucking how old I was like eight or nine maybe. Sushi. Um, yeah. So last thing of note I had was I think this is really interesting in films like this, Mandy Toad Road. I still need to watch. We that. are seeing psychedelics presented in a kind of more respectfully like presented, interested. How is it actually kind of mm -hmm. way where? Or in, in the sort of history of psychedelics, we're in what's called the third wave, where you had a first wave, they're open, they're being studied, blah, blah, blah. Second is when they're outlawed, put in the underground. Mm. And now third is just when the sort of the potential is being so acknowledged that we are slowly being more, you know, there's legal means to study mm -hmm. them, blah, 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 worked on. So I just think it's really interesting to see how this third wave is reflected in media and art. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah, it's happening. My stomach's growling. I know. It's time to do things, Tim. We got to go. <laughs> it's my lunchtime. Yeah. Um, cool, dude. Great. You All right. A, you got any recommendations? Yeah, man. I'm over the Godzilla films now. I'm not over Godzilla films ever, but I'm done with listing my Godzilla films. So for uh, Mr. Aster, you know, I had to see one of his short films was out there. Yeah. I haven't watched it for a while, but uh, after Hereditary came out, I had to track down the strange thing about the Johnsons. It's a short film of his. Okay. I think it's kind of close to like cool. half an hour. Uh, yeah, you should watch that because I'd say you were, when you were saying kind of like grief is his bag, I think more, this makes me think more his bag is kind of like, um, extreme conflicts coming to light. Hmm. Extreme okay. human conflicts coming to light. Cool. Um, so check it What's out. What's it called? Uh, the Strange Thing About the Johnsons. Where do you find it? It's online. Okay. A dark domestic melodrama satire about the ties that bind and the ties that really bind. Whoa. That's, it's, that's it's <laughs> Get it? You know, I bet you know a little twine. A little twine that ties the bind, the bind that ties with what, the twine. What do you got? Well, because we're in Scandinavia, I thought of one of my favorite Scandinavian films, which is actually Norwegian. Um, but it's called Headhunters. It is kind of a heist-ish movie, but it's so fucking well done. Twists and turns and some some pretty intense scenes of like the things that the guy, the lead character has to kind of do to to get out of trouble. Mm -hmm. um, it's fucking great. And I, I like actually want to watch it again because I think I've watched it twice. It's It's been a couple of years. So it's really good. Headhunters? Headhunters, yeah. All right. Um, or Hodegerne. <laughs> sure, that's right. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, I th 
Yeah, it's around. You can find it. Here's the hat, Tim. Oh, it's my turn. Our it's my turn. Is it my turn to do this one? The Devil's Backbone. What year? 2001. Great. Next week's film. I think this is a Guillermo del Toro. Produced one, I think. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He presents right. a lot of movies. That's right. <laughs> the Devil's Backbone. Cool. Yeah. Getting into them, them early aughts again. Right. Oh, man, I, I just looked it up. It's like Devil's Backbone Brewing Company comes up first. Great. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Um, in the meantime... Until Devil's Backbone, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. Yep, and dismemberinghorror on Instagram and at gmail.com, and on Twitter at dishorrorpod, and Ryan's handle is at Mayor McDuffie on Instagram. He has a portfolio <laughs> website at ryanmcduffie.cu. No, dot, dot S-E. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Oh, it's dot com. I thought it was. Thanks for mentioning dot, it. Nearly. Dot G O V. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just at Tim Aslan everywhere, wherever you want. He's all, at Tim is always at Tim. That's very true. Uh, well, as I say, in closing, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Ha, 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 ha.